cool. Well, I'm glad you got your stuff working, hopefully. Thanks. I like the sunflower picture. Thanks. That's um from last year. I tried I got sunflowers for our anniversary. And nice. so I painted them. And it's uh kinda wonky, but it's It's cute. I like it. Yeah. It'll do for now. <laughs> oh, you're silly. It looks great. Thanks. Alright. Well, I'm ready whenever you are. I'm ready whenever you are. Oh yeah. I guess I have to <laughs> Hello Animal Lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones. And all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us. us. Enjoy! Welcome, animal fact friends. Pals, peoples, animals, <laughs> creatures. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Jayla. I'm Nicole. And we're going to talk about animals. I'm really excited. I um, had this animal on my list for a while and oh. I finally got around to it. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. So. Before we start, and before I can do trivia, Nicole has to do her personal question. I do, and the question I have, I don't remember if we've talked about it before. So if we have, you have to remind me, and I'll come up with another question. Okay. What is your favorite flower? Oh, we have not talked about that before. Okay. I think we've talked about that as friends, not like on the podcast. True. True. (laughs) um sometimes it's hard to remember (laughs) yeah yeah that's true well i feel like i asked you a lot of questions off podcast recording ditto and so i'm always like (laughs) have we talked about this do i need to pick a different personal question (laughs) listeners if we have talked about this we apologize now (laughs) but obviously we don't remember (laughs) well so hopefully you don't (laughs) yeah i know nicole's favorite flower I honestly don't remember yours, but based on your painting, I'm going to guess a sunflower. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure, which is funny because I had that question before I saw the painting. Nice, nice. I like it. Um, That's actually really funny. I, uh, viewers, I have, or listeners, viewers, (laughs) listeners, I have a painting in the background of um, my sunflowers from one of our anniversaries that I painted. But um, sunflowers are my favorite flower. Um, roses, spe- specifically pink roses, are uh, a close second. But Ooh. I grew up growing gigantic sunflowers in my great-grandma's backyard. Um, and I would just that watch them cool. grow. Yeah. And so I love that. I love sunflowers. Sunflowers are a good flower. Mm-hmm. I like them. Yeah, yeah. They're my favorite. And they get so big, but, like, natural ones aren't 
the giant ones that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. They're just like almost daisy-ish, you know? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, There's really cool sunflower fields in like the back roads of Oregon. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. There's some sunflower fields that you can like take pictures in and you have to buy a ticket in to get into, but. Um, Worth it if they're your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. One day. One day. One day. Um, your favorite flower, from what I remember, and I might be wrong, but I think it's a tulip. Yeah. Okay. Specifically a yellow tulip. Okay. I couldn't remember the specific color, but I was pretty yeah. sure it was a tulip. Yeah. Yellow tulips are my favorite. Nice. And then a good runner-ups would be calla lilies. Nice. And poppies. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. You like the, like, open flower. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wouldn't say cow lilies are super open, though. No. I don't know. I think of tulips as open flowers. Ish. Um, but, yeah. Nice. Tulips, poppies, cow lilies. <coughs> I like a lot of flowers, but tulips yeah. are my fave. Yeah. Why yellow ones? I don't know. I've just always really loved yellow ones. And then if you look up the meaning of it, yellow means like friendship or something like that. So nice, nice. Yeah, but I like it. Ever since like high school, I've just really loved yellow tulips. Nice. Well, I'm ready for trivia when you are. Cool. Um, this animal has nothing to do with either of our flowers. So cool. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um. That would have been kind of funny, though. This animal yes. is a mammal, and it does not have an E in its... An E? Co- I mean, I, A in its common name. Oh. Secret hints. That means it either has an E or it does not have an E, and I don't know which. But either way, it was a misspoke thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Red panda. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, It does not have an A in it. So, correction. Mammal, no A. No A. Uh, But this animal... Does it have an E? (laughs) I am not answering your questions. (laughs) Okay. Um, What animal has a four-chambered stomach, making it a ruminant? Which just means it has a four-chambered stomach. Ruminant is like a type of deer and stuff. (sighs) Just gonna say a deer. (laughs) It is not a deer. Okay. What animal is the most abundant large mammal in Yellowstone? But I want to say a bison, but a bison isn't a ruminant. (laughs) Nope. Okay. Okay. And then what animal makes this sound? And I'm going to play a sound. You can tell me if you can't hear it. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you hear it? I did hear it. (laughs) Do you want to hear it again? No, I I heard it. Okay, Okay. good. Because it sounds like a squeaky door. (laughs) It does. It does. Which I think I know what it is. 
All right. Well, I have two guesses of what it could be. So I'm going to make one guess and kind of hope that I'm wrong and that my actual real guess is the right one. But I don't want to guess right. So I'm going to guess a moose. Okay. <laughs> Drum roll. Did you want to guess again? Uh, my last guess is an elk. <laughs> da Yay! That's why the sound was last. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it. I, I honestly think it's really funny that it sounds like a squeaky door. It does. Um, and the way they do it is so weird. Like, have you seen the mouths of elk and deer and stuff? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah they're really weird. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a lot of info on that, but it's really cool. <gasps> so you should so watch videos. So glad you didn't do a moose. <laughs> Why is Because that's on my list of, like, ones oh. that I've been wanting to do. And my random animal fact today was almost a moose fact. Oh. I was, like, starting to look them up. I'm like, it's a mammal. It doesn't have an A in it. What if she does a moose? I'm not going to research this right now. <laughs> smart, smart. And then the other one I almost looked up, but then I was like, no, what if she does it was a woodchuck. <laughs> oh, see, that would have been safe. <laughs> I know, but because of our conversation last week, I was like, what if she actually does a woodchuck? I don't want to ruin her thing by knowing random stuff about it. I actually did think about researching a woodchuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're like on a similar wavelength today. <laughs> I know, I know. It could have been Weird. dangerous. Yeah, so I, I did a different random animal fact for the very end because cool. I avoided all the potential ones. Smart, smart. And I'm glad I did. Sweet. Cool. Okay. I'm super excited to learn about elk. Yes, I am too. Um, so I picked this animal because by the time this audio releases, we should be in November. And elk is kind of a North, North American animal and roams yeah. the countryside. So, you know. Here's to November. November. Um, we're recording in October, so this is kind of <laughs> weird. But uh, <laughs> we're on our way to Thanksgiving. I know. I was very like, I'll do turkey. And then I was like, no, I can't do turkey. <laughs> I almost did a turkey fact, but I was like, no, we have to save those for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know. It's so hard because we're already like on that wavelength, on that mindset. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're on the same page, man. <laughs> we're ready. Let's just... <laughs> Good thing we both weren't doing animals today. True, true. We would have both chosen a moose or elk or woodchuck. Or turkey. Yeah, that would have been awkward. Oh, gosh. Awkward turtles. Especially if, like, you did elk and I actually did moose. <laughs> they'd, they'd be so similar. We'd be like, what? <laughs> right, right. Oh man! Uh, but cool to find out, like back to back, how they're similar but different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would have been cool. Okay, are you ready, ready. to l learn about elk? <laughs> I am. Cool. So, uh, just going back to the basics: um, male elks are called bulls, females are called cows, baby elks are called calves, and then a yearling bull elk, which is basically a not sexually matured elk, so it's mm -hmm. under the age of two. Um, okay. is called a spike, which I thought was cute. <laughs> I think that's adorable. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Um, cool. And then elk are part of the deer family. Um, they have thick necks, uh, long slender legs, a long head, and large ears. And then elk um, are the second largest member of the deer family after the moose. So 
it's like deer moose elk or no deer elk moose sorry i was like wait i thought moose were bigger moose are huge they're like 10 feet (laughs) moosin mooses so weird anyways um elk are the middle ones yes they're the middle child (laughs) just like nicole I'm the baby. Oh, you are the baby. Just like just, Josh. Just, Josh. I was like, wait a second. Just one of you two. Um, cool. <laughs> I sounded so disappointed. I'm the baby. <laughs> cool. Anyways. Um, so just describing elk, um, the males are the bulls. And so they are the ones that have the antlers. Um, and they're grown and shed annually. So they regrow them every year. And then females, the cows, do not generally grow their antlers. Um, so they don't really have any head pieces. Um, elk antlers have different sizes and con- uh, conf- conformation um, than those of like white-tailed deer. They're usually much larger um, and they sweep more backwards rather than forwards. Um, so like instead of growing out towards their nose, they grow back towards their neck back area interesting mm-hmm. but makes sense yep um and then antler size and in elk increases with age up to seven to eight years um Dang. and so as they grow up their antlers usually grow bigger um and then yeah uh antlers shed um from late winter to early spring so as for like the coat of an elk um they usually have two coats so they have a winter coat and a summer coat um nice which makes sense so that they stay warm um overall their color doesn't really change it's like a tan in the winter and then a reddish brown in the summer um Mm. and then both males and females have a dark brown head neck legs and belly and then they have a long dark shaggy mane that hangs around their neck to their chest and it's the heaviest during the winter so they grow it out um, it's kind of like a built-in scarf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and then they have a light-colored bum um, and a Cute. light tan or straw-colored short tail, kind of like a white-tailed deer. Um, hmm. And then newborn elk or calves are spotted, much like white-tailed deer. Um, and then their spots just like grow out as they get older. And they're uh, recognizable until three to five months of age when their sprouts start to disappear. So, um, how tall do you think a elk gets? Eight feet. That's actually really good. That's right in the middle. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so it's about seven to nine feet. And then nice. how tall do you think, or how much do you think they weigh? 1,000 pounds. Uh, close. They're... Um, one of the largest was about a thousand pounds, but um, it's usually anywhere between five hundred to eight hundred and thirty. So dang, um, still so big. Yeah, yeah. And then the females are generally smaller um, than the males. So, but from the ground to their shoulder, um, for most of the females, they're about four feet, four and a half feet. And Ooh. then the bulls or the males are about five feet to their shoulder. So that's not including yeah. like their neck and their head and then their rack on top of it. Um, 
<laughs> their rack. Their rack. Yeah. Their rack that sits on top. Yeah. Um, Check out that rack. If you include their rack, um, they can be as tall as nine feet. Dang. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And then I do have a couple information about like their antlers and their racks. Um, so they usually grow about six tines on each antler. So that's basically just like each spike um, mm-hmm. every time it branches off. Um, and that's uh, called a six point when you like right. hunt them. Um, and then a one-year-old bull grows 10 to 20 inch spikes. Um, sometimes they're forked. So that's like when they branch off and they're just like two um, and then two-year-old bulls usually have slender antlers with four to five points. Um, and then as they get older, they get more points. Um, so it just kind of goes up from there. 11 or 12-year-old bulls often grow the heaviest antlers. So they're the ones with like the huge ones. Um, yeah. and after that age, the antlers start to, um, get smaller. Okay. So it's like they grow up and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and then when they hit like 11 or 12 year old um their antlers start to grow smaller because they just can't support it because they're getting yeah. older makes sense mm-hmm. this seems fair yeah <laughs> oh so that's a big those are some big racks <laughs> there are yeah yeah we'll talk about um one of like the biggest racks out there <laughs> Um, I'm excited to talk about their racks. Yeah, their big racks. Um, cool. Are you ready for some elk history? Yes. Um, so elk are known, they're related to deer, right? Um, so they're actually a more advanced subspecies of red deer, which is oh. most common in Europe. Um, so elk are found in North America and in the high mountains of Central Asia. And they're a member of the deer family. And then their um, recent genetic studies suggest that the red deer, um, which is found in Europe, may be three species, which includes the European red deer, the Tibetan West Chinese red deer, and the elk. So it's like one of three species um, okay. related to the deer. So that's that's where they come from. Um, cool. It's thought that the elk, are part of the old Siberian Ice Age fauna um, that crossed Ooh. the Bering Land Bridge into Alaska. So basically when um, I think it's Asia and Alaska were connected, that's how elk got to North America. Um, ah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. And then they appear alongside um, remnants of caribou uh, about one million years ago. Caribou. Yep. Um, that's another one we have to do. Mm-hmm. Come Christmas time. Yes, yes, closer. December. Caribou and reindeer will be our Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of grow up in lower North America from Alaska. Um, they are found in common areas where you'd find grizzly bears or moose and humans. Um, and <laughs> after the glaciers um, melted, the uh, they might have gone extinct for a little bit um in some areas and then they huh i said weird oh (laughs) i thought you said where and i was like i don't know (laughs) america (laughs) went extinct for a little bit and came yeah and then they appeared um (laughs) 
I don't. That's just what the they research told me. They temporarily were abducted me. and then they were brought back. Yeah. The aliens brought them back. Um, they thawed and came back to life. Yeah. Um, Weird. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it was um, so archaeological records suggest that the elk became very abundant after the European diseases um, decimated Native American populations in the 16th century. So basically, Europeans invaded America, um, and then they like did horrible things and then elk <laughs> elk population essentially just like rose um i was like i'm not really gonna get into that one right now <laughs> war we'll, invasion we'll wait terrible until, things we'll wait until thanksgiving um <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so i the other hand, uh, elk were valued by native people um, because of their hide and ceremonial value, not so much for their meat, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um, and they were almost exterminated because of market hunting in the 19th century and then were reintroduced throughout North America. And now they're thriving. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then in 1909, they were introduced to New Zealand um, oh. because they were um, supposed to help with the red deer population over there. Um, and they're so close in like species. Um, but the European red deer has actually outcompeted the elk that have been brought over. So nice. that didn't go all well. Um, <laughs> it failed. You no, know, maybe it did. Competition, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, we're like. No, thanks. We can do it our- ourselves. Just watch. <laughs> yeah. um, and then elk have traditionally also been used in Asian deer farms um, dedicated to producti- production of the velvet antlers um, that grow. So when they're young antlers, they have velvet on them. Um, and those were used for like old timey medicine, um, which does still get used today, um, but it's kind of unethical in most places so makes sense cool and then last history fact is about the word elk um, so elk is actually derived from an ancient germanic root meaning stag or heart um, and in europe elk is the common name for moose so that's why um in north america we don't call them we call them moose and elk um but in europe they're actually very similar and they're kind of called the same thing um an alternate name is wapiti um it's w-a-p-i-t-i and it's wapiti i think um wapiti i think it's wapiti um and it's basically white deer and shawnee indian um and that's just because of the coloring of elk and then Um, That's actually a more common term that's used when um, scientists are, like, talking about elk. Um, They use the wapiti um, word because elk and red deer are actually basically the same thing. Um, So, cool? Cool. Cool, cool. Um, Where do you think elk live? I kind of already gave it away. North America. Yeah. Europe. New Zealand. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, they Yellowstone. Live, yeah. 
Good job. <laughs> You're listening. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, you better have been listening. It's like a pop <laughs> quiz at the end, you know. Um, so, yeah, they live in North America, um, Mexico, Vancouver. Um, and then they also live in Canada, Asia, and some parts of Europe. So, um, I'm mostly talking about the North American elk. Um, so, that we're going to kind of like focus on that um and that environment um but you can find them in other places so sounds great uh elk numbers were the lowest around the 1900s in north america um and that's just because of settlement in the hunting market um and then afterwards it started going on incline um because of protection (laughs) um so they were also um the population was also going down because of large forest fires caused by settlers um, because they were converting. Yeah. yeah, they were basically converting large portions of uh, elk environment into um, ba- places that they could settle. So um, they were destroying like forests and grass and shrubs and saplings and um, basically making it ridiculously hard for elk to survive. Um, yeah. And then elk were reintroduced into areas of places that they had previously um, lived in naturally. So um, in Canada, they live in the Rocky Mountains. Um, and then the small remaining elk population in Banff and Jasper National Parks um, are dramatically increased by several hundred animals brought from Yellowstone National Park in the United States between 1917 and 20 or 1920. Um and then elk nice. were also transplanted to um, northern Ontario in the 1930s to reintroduce them there. Um, nice. Yeah. Today, there's about 72,000 um, to 1 million elk living in western United States, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Pennsylvania, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and North Carolina. and (laughs) Ontario and West um, in Ontario West in Canada Um, so that's between like different sources it was lower towards like 72,000 to 1 million so it's kind of a range Um, but an estimate of over half of the population can be found in British Columbia so that's kind of cool Nice. And then... Go Canada. Yeah. And then there's an estimate of 20,000 elk roaming mainly in the Rocky Mountain foothills and the mountain national parks. So... Nice. That's where you could find most of them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yay, elk. Yep, yep. Um, What do you think elk eat in their environments? Grass. Yeah. That's all I know. Yep. They basically eat different amounts of grass um and it depends on the type of or the time of the year um, okay i just keep yawning i'm sorry no that's okay i know <laughs> you're not boring i'm just tired elk is just not exciting <laughs> no i'm excited you're not ex- elk excited enough Ow. if i can sleep through a 16 month old climbing on me elk is exciting <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
can't believe that worked. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, well. So they eat grass. <laughs> yes. I was going to make a carrot joke because you said carry on. <laughs> Anyways, they don't eat carrots. They might eat carrots. I don't know. They could eat carrots. Cool. It's mostly vegetables. Anyways, um, elk eat lots of different grasses. So they eat grasses. They eat forbs, which are herbaceous, non-grass plants. Weird. So it's basically grass that's not grass. Um, cool. <laughs> and then they also eat things like twigs and bark and seedlings saplings and leaves <laughs> and acorns um sorry what it's just when grass is not grass <laughs> and then it made me think of that joke when it's a door not a joke not a door oh. when it's a jar <laughs> Gosh. which then made me think of like when is grass not grass gracias <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> when is grass not a grass when it's a weed <laughs> when is grass not grass oh gosh <laughs> anyway so Elk are very opportunistic feeders, and Nicole is very opportun. Op- oh my gosh, Oppor- opportunistic. Opportunistic about her jokes right now. <laughs> I was just laughing at when is grass not grass. Um, <laughs> their diet, like our jokes, depend <laughs> on the season. And what they can find. <laughs> but I don't think they laugh as much. Um, <laughs> so in general, they eat the grass that's not grass. So forb. Um, components. <laughs> and those are the highest in the spring and the summer. And then the grassy and woody parts, um, they'll mostly eat in the fall and the winter. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, in Missouri, uh, Ozarks, um, the restored elk utilize uh, planted food plots and pastures, and so they'll actually openly um, feed with uh, cattle and cows. Um, and then, like cattle, elk also have the four-chambered stomachs. So cattle and cows also have the four-chambered stomachs, which makes them the ruminants, um, which I feel like was a giveaway. <laughs> because you already knew what ruminants was which i was proud of you uh thank you i had to look it up so um, i've only i know only because of the times i've had to look it up for this podcast yeah yeah well and then the i wanted to know what each chamber kind of did um so yeah the first stores the food and then the other three digest the food oh yeah weird yeah Um, okay that's all i really dug into so when we do like cows or something we could learn a little bit more we could learn a little bit more we could learn about each chamber each time we have to research this there we go every time we do a ruminant learn more about the next chamber yeah yeah it's like our own chamber of secrets (laughs) 
<laughs> but just her chamber of stomachs. <laughs> Gross. Yes. <laughs> the chamber of stomachs. Yep. <laughs> um, Join the ruminants. So that's basically all I have about their diet. What do you think eats elk? Uh, hun- not honey badgers, but wolverines. Uh, not that I know of. Okay. Probably though. I feel like they would. Uh, wolves. I don't know, like apex predators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, wolves, black carnivores. Yep. Black bears and coyotes are some of the top predators, natural predators. Um for elk and then there's always us because we're yes. awful anyways we like elk yes um but we're going to talk about their natural predators um wolves aren't as big as elk but they will take them down um they're very terri- territorial and they like to hunt in packs and so that makes um elk easier prey and then black bears will usually kill baby elks so calves oh. um and they'll kill as many as 50 percent of elk calves every year sad um and this is usually because the calf isn't traveling with its parents yet oh Um, sad so it's usually when it's hiding or it's a baby real baby so So, yep and then coyotes take calves um as well as cougars so it's just because it's easy prey yeah pretty simple um pretty sad but simple sad but simple (laughs) um Yes and yes. Yes. Um, so where predation and hunting do not keep elk in lower numbers, the population actually really increases, and it's not. It doesn't stop increasing until um, they run out of food. Hmm. So at high populations, elk have a significant impact on their range and on their food. Um, plants by grazing, browsing, and actually trampling on vegetation that they could have been eating instead. Um, cool. And then during severe winters or droughts, their main threat is starvation and illness. So they'll be more susceptible to diseases. Um, So that's kind of a bummer. But um, elk aren't on any really endangered lists. So that's that's cool. Um, Elk are hunted, though. Um, Yeah. They're... Uh, one of North America's major big game species. And in Canada, licensed hunters take approximately how many elk each year, would you guess? 20,000. It's lower. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty uh, high. <laughs> good. <laughs> it is in the thousands. Uh, 5,000. Closer. It's 4,000. <clears throat> um, Much better than 20. Yeah. Um, honey, hunting does generate local economic activity, and it's estimated to be about $14 million per year. Dang. Um, and that's not including Aboriginal hunters um, that take an unknown number. So mm. we're not entirely sure about what the total is. Um, but again, elk aren't really endangered um and if anything hunting does help keep their numbers down which helps the rest of the ecosystem as it's just like a chain um yeah so uh in parks where elk are not hunted though they're actually really friendly um so much so that they become so tame 
that they will go about their business undisturbed, even as people approach closely or take pictures. Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't be careful because they are still wild animals. Yeah. Um, and the bulls, especially during rutting season, so basically like mating season, um, mm. get really territorial and then they'll, ask, <laughs> they'll also like charge at you. Um, Ugh, with their spikes? Terrifying. With those racks? <laughs> with their racks. I don't want to be charged at with racks can like you, that. Can you imagine a human just like <laughs> taking a clothes rack? <laughs> and charging charging going head on yeah that would be the equivalent of a human no thank you um yes and then i would also steer clear of that human (laughs) i would hope so um terrifying crazy person yeah it just kind of reminds me of like zombie attacks and charging you know zombies i know we're not going to talk about it (laughs) um in mountain areas though elk do end up venturing more towards cities and towards the valleys um because it's warmer and that's where they can find more food and water um and that's usually during the winter and so elk do come into a lot more collisions with vehicles so that's another threat um is us driving around and just elk being on the road um so watch out for those elk yes um and then basically the future welfare of elk in general depends on cooperation between wildlife authorities and land managers, including forest industries, oil and mining companies, park managers, and Indian bands, as well as ranchers. So basically it's about territory. Um, mm. So that's their biggest threat right now, as well as like just climate change and food and starvation. Um, but for the most part, they're pretty good. And we actually have to hunt them and get a lot of money for elk depending on their rack size um because their population gets so high um yeah but yeah cool um elk behavior behavior behave yourselves with those giant racks yeah um those giant racked animals those big racks are very sociable (laughs) they yes <laughs> yeah they don't ever really wander around alone um even the males outside of like mating season will usually like get together and hang out nice get their bro Check time on each other's racks yeah <laughs> compare racks <laughs> compare racks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah or they'll wander around with a with a group um so they're a herd lifestyle kind of animal. Um, and they mostly occupy forest or parkland regions or national parks. Um, and that's usually because of small groups averaging from six to seven common animals. And then they used to be like in the hundreds or in the 20s or like bigger groups. Um, but because they don't have as much territory, they can't be in as big of groups um you know like if you have a small home you're not gonna fit like a hundred people in it not comfortably yeah um so and then um cool uh they travel a lot sorry i lost my spot um they might travel a lot uh and you can see them like roaming the countryside but they do each elk 
is actually very strongly attached to certain localities within their home range. So they won't wander too far because they're very emotionally attached to their homes, which is really cute. Um, so each of their home range actually is about a few kilometers. Um, so and then that that changes from season to season. Like they could go wander into their other like summer home, but <laughs> they they are very much attached to like their winter and summer home. Um, and then, yeah, sorry. Um, the bulls do also occupy a rutting range. So rutting is what they use as a term for their mating season. Um, so okay. it's just like a mating range, but instead of using the term mating, they use rutting, um, or rut. Interesting. Um, yeah. And I didn't know. Are if- they stuck in a rut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but. I couldn't figure out if that was just, like, because they're a herding animal or, like, what that definition was associated with. Um, But during rutting season or, like, a rutting range, the males will occupy different um, herds of females. Um, Okay. Yeah. And so that's where that crossover happens. Um cool uh they're an ungulated elk are also an ungulated animal so it just means hoofed mammal um Ah. so then they travel (laughs) with hooves um so about their behavior though is that they will make a lot of noises they're very vocal uh ungulated animals uh, which isn't very common um oh interesting mm -hmm. so but they're the loudest (laughs) They make it where nice. very well known. Um, so the males are well known for their screaming bulge, which is what we heard at the beginning of the podcast. Um, That's quite the name for that. Yes. <laughs> their screaming bulge. Oh. <laughs> What'd you say? It is bulge. Well, it's bugle. It's bug buggle. It's B-U-G-L-E. So I guess it's oh. buggle. But I definitely Not kept... Not screaming bulge. No, but I definitely kept reading it as bulge the entire time I was doing the research. So I just like I accepted I like it. it as screaming bulge with their big racks yeah. during their not in a rut season. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Check out my big rack and my screaming bulge. <laughs> they're buggles. Um, Buggle. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny name. Buggle. <laughs> They'll also they'll also make a lot of other noises. So they'll make the buggo, which is that bellowing, um, and it's basically advertising that he is the winner of the fittest cows and he will be ready. Um, they also make a bark, which is a warning of danger. Weird. They make chirps, mews, or miscellaneous squeals, which is usually just conversation. Um, and then elk also use body language so they'll display dominance by raising their head high um, mm. and basically showing off their rack and then they also make a knuckle cracking sound produced by the front legs when walking and that's Weird. a mean of mani- maintaining contact when a herd is moving through heavy cover so they're very very vocal nice um, yeah um cool are you ready about baby elk 
calves, yes. cows, how yes. um, the bulls decides to use their bulge. <laughs> their screaming bulge. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So mating season happens or like the rut season. Um, and it usually happens between September and mid-October. And the elk gather in mixed herds. Um, so females and calves with a few of the bulls nearby. And then bulls will buggle or bulge, as we're calling it this ep- <laughs> this episode. Um, they'll bulge or make that obnoxiously squeaky door sound um, to announce that they're available and the fittest fitness uh, to females um, and to warn other bulls that they're ready for a challenge. Um, nice. And then when answered, bulls move towards one another and sometimes engage in battles for access to the cows. Um, So they basically spar it out. Um, Before breeding, the sparring establishes dominance hierarchies, and those aren't usually crossed afterwards. So once, like, two bulls, like, battle it out and one becomes the winner, the other one is usually never going to become, like, go above that cow or above that bull um he's basically like okay yeah you're the king that's fine um and they don't ever really battle it out again um but they do battle and they spar by crashing their antlers together um and they push each other intensely and wrestle for dominance and it's loud and extremely strenuous um but they rarely cause serious injury so most elk usually just walk away um being fine um and then so don't try this at home with clothes racks yes yes because you will probably <laughs> walk away with an injury because <laughs> you're not an elk yeah yeah um and basically the loser will wander off and he just kind of gives up um cool yep and then the dominant bull so the one who wins will um have his presence known so he'll like raise his head and walk around to attract a harem which is a group of female animals who share a single mate um mm. so basically all the females all the cows will come over and be like "Ooh, i'm ready um <laughs> you big strong man i like your wreck mm-hmm. and that screaming bulge yeah yep and then each harem is usually made up of one bull and has as few as three to twenty-five male uh, females um, with their calves, and they're seasonal. So every season, oh. then the bull comes out and he fights for another harem. Um, so Crazy. another group of females. Yeah, it's a lot of women to please. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, as as the bulls get older, so when they reach like 9, 12, 13 years old, then they'll start to hold their own harems because those females are like dedicated to them essentially. Mm, um, that's cute. Yeah. And then the, the young bulls. Right. But like the young bulls then go after the younger cows. And so it just that's like fair. builds up their own. kind of just hang out with their own age. Yeah. Their own generations. It's like the, what is that? Not eHarmony. The silver one, because it's, like, for old people. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. (laughs) That, like, online dating thing, but for, like, old people, and it's got, like, silver in the name because all their silver hair. Yeah. It's like that, but for the elk. (laughs) Yeah, but for elk. They've got their older crowd because they're 
they've aged together. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then during breeding season, males expend a lot of en- energy um, guarding harems and guarding their females and then like trying to mate with their females. Um, mm. So they can actually lose up to 17% of their body weight. Oof. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. They work crazy. out. Yeah. yeah um so yeah elk breed in the fall and the young are born in the early summer and they usually have their first young around the age of three so that's when like the first cow will have her first Mm -hmm. child um and then in spring pregnant female elk will typically leave groups and seek out calving habitats so then they'll like find their own home um they have a gestation period of eight to nine months and then cows usually birth a single calf it's very rare to find twins um but the calves weigh about how many pounds nicole 10 more oh 20 more oh my gosh (laughs) 40 a little lower it's 33 to 35 yeah dang those are big babies Mm -hmm. They are, well, they're big elk. My child doesn't even weigh that yet. <laughs> that's true. I am also not like six to 800 pounds. Yeah, so or nine feet fair. tall. So Or nine feet tall. <laughs> yeah, with your rack. <laughs> I don't have a giant rack either. No, no. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. And so. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost twice my height. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, my gosh. And. I, could be, I don't even know how many times my weight. Yeah, I could be twice as tall. <laughs> oh, dang. Um, so, yeah. And then they are born with their whitish spots, and then those disappear as they age. But a calf is typically mobile one hour after birth, so that's when they can start nice. walking around. And then the cow and her calf will live alone for several weeks. Um, and the newborn calf hides, um, so they're like natural instinct is to hide and to be quiet um at least until they grow big enough to follow their mom around and so the mom will leave and go get food and then come back and that's usually when like cougars and wolves and mm-hmm. like everyone can attack um yeah so that's why that 50 percent is so high and then yeah. over a period of days the calves can increase in their mobility and they can actually outrun some predators not all of them obviously yeah um and then around 16 days the cow and the calf will rejoin their herd um and then total weaning is completed within 60 days so um i wonder why they don't have their babies in the herd where it would be safe to leave them i don't know either because you think of like elephants and how they always protect like their little ones and they're all just together I don't know yeah. why they wouldn't all just be together. Yeah. So. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> How long do you think elk live in captivity? Uh, 15 years. Uh, five more years. Oh, 20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. About 20 years in captivity. But in the wild, how long do you think they live? 25. No, it's actually less than in captivity. Oh, because they get old and can't outrun things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15. 
Closer. It's 10 to 13 years. Okay. So, um, some sites did say that the males live around 14 years, and then the females live as long as 24 years. And I don't, I didn't find why. Uh, My guess is that the males protect the females, but um, it was also just kind of like a weird difference. So. Or maybe they get more injuries as they get older, Mm -hmm. fighting for their harem. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) With their racks. With those racks. Those racks probably take a toll, man. They do. They're they're big and heavy. So. Yeah. Um, Cool. Are you ready for famous ones? Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, The only one I know is the one in Fantasia. (gasps) That's the first one I found. (gasps) Yay. Yeah. It's like the guardian of the forest almost. Uh (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what he is nice um, yeah so that's yes. that's number one is the elk in fantasia um there's also an elk in the revenant with leonardo dicaprio mm. there's a elk in the hobbit um the battle of the five armies i'm not a huge lord of the rings nerd so i don't know that for sure but i'm sure somebody could validate that um <laughs> there's also elk in highlander from 1986 um there is an elk in princess mononoke by Studio Ghibli, mm. uh, which I yes. have recently watched, so I can vouch for that one. Yes. Um, there's the Huntsman in Winter uh, Winter Wars from 2016. Um, so those are the big like in movies and like media um, elk that you would find. But then I also found some famous real elk. There's that stag in Cinderella, but he's not like mm-hmm. super. Elky. Popular. But I know of him. Super elkigant. <laughs> elkigant? Yeah, like elegant, but yeah. elkigant. I mean, I feel like he's pretty elkigant. He's just. He's not the main. He doesn't have a huge role. He doesn't have a huge rack. <laughs> he does have a pretty big rack, but. Not enough. Oh, that was... The prince was charmed more by Cinderella than by the elk. <laughs> Fair. I would kind of hope so. Yeah, um, it's true. The human that... over the mammal you do thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the mating facts that I did find, which I thought was interesting, is that females will pick the males with the biggest rack. Ah. And the bigger the rack, the more females he gets. Um, interesting. That was cool. How the tables have turned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so famous real elk. Um, yes. There's Brutus, who was also known as uh, the big boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was from the National Elk Refugee in Jackson, Wyoming, and he passed away in 2018 due to natural causes. But he had the largest wreck. Um, and he was nice. measured at 440 inches. Dang. Mm-hmm. So I think that's from like end to end. Still, man. Um, Dang. Yeah. So, and then there was also Samson, which nice. um, he was also a bull weighing a thousand pounds, and he had a beautiful rack of antlers. Um, and in 1995, he was killed by a poacher. Um, and Samson was a local celebrity. And was a frequent visitor of the city's YMCA of the Rockies. And he had no fear of humans. So people would always come and, like, visit and see him. Um, 
and he was considered by many in the village a mascot. Um, so like his uh, death was actually very surprising and there was kind of an uproar and then the person got um, consequences. Uh, Good. So yeah, that was kind of a happy ending. I'm glad he was Sad trouble, happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I th- I'm always surprised about how many animals are called Samson. Yeah. <laughs> so that name was kind of not surprising. Um, That's fair, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Ready for story time? Story time. I'm ready for my story time. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, so story time, there's a lot of different um, stories about elk and just, like, their symbolism. Um, they're also... Yeah. Uh, they're also kind of associated with masculinity um, and so I was kind of not trying to go down that route but um, there is a very well-known um, story and it's a, it's from the like Cheyenne tribe and then there's another version by um, other Native American lore and then there's a Lakota myth and they're all about the same thing um, basically what happens is traditionally the Native American man or the person in their story, um, would use a love flute to woo a woman he loved. Um, and he was given this flute from the elk men, um, which are just elk looking men is what I found. Okay. Um, but the bull elk that always gave him gave the man the flute was always really polite. He was noble and he was gentle. So he was always really nice um, and really kind. And he basically would always give this man the flute because they he noticed the man wasn't didn't have enough courage or didn't have the words to explain or profess his love to this woman. Um, so they gave him the flute so that he had a way to woo the woman and to express his feelings um okay yeah and so then the man like uses the flute and he gets the woman and um yeah uh the elk man has been described carrying hoops covered with fur and um scented bergamot and um he has sometimes he has a staff sometimes he's just like walking around like without any clothing it's just like different versions had different ways to describe him but essentially it's the same story as this man this elk man gives the man the flute so that he can not be shy and woo the woman um and then nice one of the one of the versions is basically like cinderella or or like um uh sleeping beauty kind of is that the guy like plays the flute or learns how to play the flute or makes a flute out of a tree bark that he saw a woodpecker make a flute out of or you know like different versions of how he gets the flute um but then birds and animals come out and <laughs> help him sing and woo the woman nice um and then he nice. yeah he they fall in love and they live happily ever after um and then a lot of the ending though was that they live happily after ever but um or ever after um <laughs> You know what I mean? Yep. But um, the common ending is that he wakes up. So it's like a dream. Oh. oh. And he doesn't really know if he was asleep or awake or if it was real or if it was just a dream, which is kind of sad. But That is sad. Yeah. Um, so that, that was one of the stories. And there was just a lot of different versions. Um, but it was really cool. So that's that's the main elk story of the elk man. Nice. Which reminded me of Mothman. Um. Ah, 
But better. But better. Yes, exactly. He helps. Much better. So. Cool. Um, ready for... Lightning round! <laughs> cool. I was wondering if you would get it. Uh, I got you. Cool. I got you. I got you back. Thanks. Thanks. You're gonna scratch my bilk with your wreck. Scratch your what? My back. <laughs> your belch? What is a belch? <laughs> <laughs> what is a belk? I don't know what a belk is, but I was trying to say. I don't know what I was trying to say. I think I was trying to say elk at the same time. What is a belk? It's, it's an elk with a B. It's an elk a with B-O-K. attitude. Ah, I'm scared to scratch your belk. Or it could be a bull elk. A belk. <laughs> What are you belking about? I don't know if that's like an actual <laughs> word now. <laughs> a belk. All right. Lightning round. Okay. Um, you know who Lewis and Clark are? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, the journals of Lewis and Clark <laughs> were bound with elk hide. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, a set of antlers on a mature bull can weigh up to 40 pounds. Dang. Yep. So you're nine feet tall, and you're carrying forty pounds of antlers on your head. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and they regrow really every year. Really good, like neck and shoulder muscles yeah. and stuff. They're very strong. Um, antlers grow about one inch per day and have blood flowing through them, so they are attached, and it does hurt if you pull Dang. off the antlers. Um, the you can't just chop them off. Yep. And then they're growing. Yeah, this one I kind of talked about. The more spread out the oh, so the more spread out the antlers are, the more attractive the bull is to the cow. So the more like the mm. wider they get, um, yeah, the more attractive it is because you're taking up more space. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, elk hooves are rounded, and their tracks are often confused with those of yearling cattle in range count country. So um, sometimes people are like, "It's my cattle." baby but it's actually an elk that they're tracking (laughs) um so elk scat or droppings are like those of other deer and are in the form of pellets in the winter but in summer when the animals are eating new green um like leaves and stuff Mm -hmm. um they resemble those of cattle and then upon closer (laughs) inspection um they reveal traces of a pellet structure so they're not as like undefined interesting so somebody got up close with elk poop um that's quite the job mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um elk have two top canine teeth called ivories nice um and then scientists got nice ivories and good racks (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then some scientists believe ivories are remnants of saber-like tusks that ancestral species of elk used to use in combat interesting um, and terrifying mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i kind of imagine like saber-tooth elk you know yeah which makes me feel like it's like a vampire elk yeah right a velk <laughs> <laughs> a velkire <laughs> i wish you could all see nicole's eyes light up as she said velk she was very That's proud. Not I have, like the reflection of my computer to like literally light my eyes up. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I found a belk. By the way, 
Belk is actually a, a store oh. in North Carolina with nearly 300 stores or locations in 16 states, but it was founded in North Carolina in 1888. So, hmm. there you go. Interesting. That's Belk. Thanks. <laughs> Belk. Not to be confused with the common Velk. No, not the common Velk. <laughs> I'm a vampire elk. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't scratch either. Anyways. <laughs> it's okay. That was my last fact. Um, the sad part of the ivories is that hunters do sometimes keep them as mementos. So. You mean hunters keep lots of parts of the elk if we're being honest? True. I mean, I feel like an ivory is much better than like an elk head. Yeah. Are there antlers? Mm-hmm. My, uh, a bunch of my family go hunting, so mm. I grew up with a lot of stuffed animals <laughs> when I would go visit, so mm. Mm. I could never go hunt, but yeah, yeah, I've seen the uh, the trophies, mm. the taxidermy trophies, yep, yeah, so cool, 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 yeah. Well, that's cool, those are all my uh, elk facts. They're my exciting facts <laughs> they were great Good. i'm glad that they were racking up some interest <laughs> uh, when is grass not grass <laughs> when it's grassy icky <laughs> instead of icky oh man cool Cool. Well, cool. thanks, Animal thanks. Fact listeners. Thank you, Jayla. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Until next time. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's great. In the chamber of stomachs. <laughs> the chamber of stomachs. In the chamber of stomachs, we have grass that's not grass. An elky <laughs> thing. Velks and belks. Velks and belks. <laughs> very exciting it is very exciting <laughs> thank you so much for joining us animal lovers this has been the animal facts podcast with nicole and jayla please rate review and tell all your friends so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you we are also looking forward to hearing from you our listeners so feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated <laughs> animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. Our awesome drum roll is provided by my really cool brother and father-in-law, Ethan and Camp Polson. And a special thanks to my best friend, Jewel, for our music. Until, Until next time, bye! Do you have your fact? I've got my fact. Are you ready? Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> what? Uh...
What? Okay. <laughs> what is the most popular animals on Earth? Mm. Dogs. According to a study research thing from 2020, this is what it says. So, as background, some mammals are so uh, prevail- prevalent, there we go, prevalent mm-hmm. that they cannot be accurately counted, such as rats, mice, and bats. Mm. But this is the ranking. Um, I'm just going to give you one to three. Number one, you want to guess? Other than dogs? Humans. Humans. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Number two. Do you want to guess? Um, you said not dogs. Not dogs. Dogs weren't number one. Oh, are dogs number two? Nope. Oh, what's number two? Cows. Oh. And number three are domestic piggies. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I like your snort. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Yep. That's my That's my thing. Huh. Yep. Cows, humans, cows, and pigs. Yep. Okay, listeners, how does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if I can find what the last one is. Humans, cows, and pigs. So go, I'll give you the list from one, uh, one to ten. Okay. Those humans, cows, pigs, sheep, dogs, mm. goats, rabbits, cats, water buffalo, oh. horse. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get- and humans have a very large lead. Yeah. I yeah. That's honestly not surprising, but that's a lot of livestock. Yeah, it is. Which I guess makes sense at the rate that we're trying to like feed people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We eat a lot. Yeah. Because there's a lot of us. Yes. Well. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Nicole. Well, you're welcome. Way to go, humans. That was my safest way to make sure I didn't do whatever animal you did. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 